Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the CNC, and it's a podcast and Twitch stream. I'm one of your hosts, Jackson, and we also have Rumble of local bands and local places and local things. Uh, and then today we're having on Dave Javua, a, uh, a native of the Cape Coral Fort Myers area in Ollie's Pub. Hi, Dave. How you doing today? Uh, awesome. I can't complain, man. Pretty good day. How you doing, Rumble? Uh, I can complain, actually. <laughs> Work sucked today. <laughs> but, you know, I'm here, and we're having a good time. Dude, I got a concussion. I've had, like, a headache for, like, the past ten days. Dude, you gotta get on some fucking, like, some of that extra strength ibuprofen. I gotta get that Tom Dude, Brady concussion water, or whoever it is. <laughs> the concussion water. <laughs> Dude, Tom Brady now has never got concussion. That dude never got hit, ever. Yeah, exactly. It's because there's some voodoo magic there. But anyway, Dave, I, uh, you, you kind of mentioned it to me you want to talk about your first year in the scene, and I did a little bit of research, and I think I was at either your first open mic or maybe your second open mic on June 11th, 2022. How does that feel that's been about a year doing all this? Oh, dude, I just like absolutely unreal. Um, you know, I've, I've always I've played guitar since I was like uh, in high school, but I never really thought I could do anything with it. Music's always been like a pipe dream. Um, but so there's something about this place right now that's so special and this community is so opening and you really anyone can do what i'm doing right now if they really truly want to and they put their uh their their heart and soul into it and give it everything they've got like I, i've had to quit two jobs i've i'm broke currently uh <laughs> i i finally i got a new job i'm working on uh getting my car insured so i can drive um but like I had to get real low for a real long time to get where I am. And that's just what it takes. But you can't, that's not even enough. Some places like when I was in Orlando going to school, there's nothing like Ollie's pub up there. There's no community for someone to just jump in and be welcomed. You got to know somebody and you don't hear like I've played two open mics and then Sean, let me play a show and, Cody helped me record an album, and the rest is history. You know, it's Dave Javu, full steam ahead. Yeah, dude, that's pretty sick. I just, to really think about your growth, because I remember, I actually remember, like, bits and pieces of, which is weird, because I don't remember, like, 90% of the shows I've been to at this point, but, like, I just remember, like, showing up and you're like the first person at that always open mic and you were very shy and subdued you didn't really talk much to anybody at first but like now you're just like big man on campus kind of <laughs> like you're talking you're talking to everybody everybody knows your name like that's pretty cool like did you have to i th i think you, i remember you talk about like you're someone with social anxiety too did you have to fight through that all to kind of get where you are Yes, absolutely. It's something I uh, still struggle with. Um, it's, I, I think growing up, I didn't get uh, like a lot of attention. And then over the last year, I have received 
an overwhelming amount of attention, all of it good, thankfully. And I'm so thankful for everyone who supports me and uh, enables me to do what I do. Um, but it is weird and disorienting sometimes when uh, you're in a room with 50 people and they all know your name and you only know six of them. You know, that's like, it's strange and off-putting and weird, but it's something I'm slowly becoming more comfortable with. Uh, and I know it's something that if I'm going to continue to do this, it's, it's only going to get harder, I guess, you know, if I, if I view this as like a, a roadblock, then I'm not going to be able to grow past this point. Cause that's, that's the ideal show is that like, you're in a room with people who don't know you, you're in a room with people who are watching you for the first time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it is weird sometimes being uh what'd you say the big man on campus as goofy as that is i don't think that's me but um you know i i know what you mean it is a little and like i said it is it take it took some getting used to but i feel like it's helped me come into my own and really uh boosted my like self-confidence and image of myself which is something i've struggled with my whole life so that's just one more thing that you know this this music stuff has helped me to really do in this scene and these people that I I've met. Hell yeah. I, um, I very unfortunately was not present for the early days of Dave Javu because, you know, you live four hours away from me, but I do remember the first time I saw Dave Javu and, um, we, we, uh, sent an elite went down to, <clears throat> went down to Cape Coral to play at Ollie's and we were so like that, like that was the farthest we had ever driven for a show by like by a lot like we had been playing you know st pete tampa sometimes but we were we were pretty close to home in most of our shows so we were all the way out there way out of our comfort zone didn't know how we were gonna get home because our car was falling apart and we were we were like almost intimidated uh because we were like we're entering a whole new scene here we have to impress a whole new batch of people and uh, the first, uh, the first, and I think the most important thing I remember from that show is each of us interacting with you, and all the people at Ollie's really who just made us feel so welcome, you know. And um, you're right. In a lot of places, uh, in those bigger cities, it's you, you got to know somebody to get anywhere. But a place like Ollie's. And people like you and the people that worked there and the other people that played that show were just incredible, uh, you know, making us feel like we belonged there, even though we had just just showed up fresh, fresh out the Chevy Tahoe just showed up. And Dude, might I-, I add that your your performance at Ollie's that we saw that night to this day has still been one of the most captivating performances I've seen in the local scene. Like you, you were commanding like a room full of what like 50 60 people with a silly little acoustic guitar it was incredible that i i really do appreciate that um that's something i try to do is give people who show up to the show something to remember because at the end of the day like if people aren't showing up to the shows the shows stop happening and i think that's a a worse world to live in personally um and 
I, dude, I feel the same way about y'all, man. You guys came up there and four people sang or something like that. And it was just insane. I was like, all these kids are singing songs up here. They're all writing music. And I was like, this is like true. This is like what the Beatles wish they could do. <laughs> like if these kids keep it up, they're not going to break up because everyone's going to be happy. It's so fucking crazy and weird how that works. Um, but no, I'm I'm sure the, the communication between y'all has to be like absolutely insane. Like to, to figure out like the songwriting process and who's going to do what part on what song. Um, yeah. So like, you know, that's something that I feel a lot of bands and just in general, collections of people in anything struggle with is communication so mm. the fact that that's one of your guys's strengths I mean i i really do think uh sending the lead's gonna go far and oh, i'm so stoked to to see more of you guys um i've i've got some tampa shows coming up so i'm gonna try to be up there more regularly hell yeah yeah that that is a big thing um with send and delete because we're all so involved in the writing process and then mikey plays drums but you know he he does a great job. Um, but yeah, uh, a thing we established early on is like, yeah, we're all going to write our own songs and we all have our visions for our own songs and we have to be honest with each other. Like we can't, it, it nothing's going to happen if we try to sugarcoat things. We're all aware of each other's capabilities and what we can and can't do. So like sometimes you have to be like, hey, I think this part will sound better if Egan plays it. And, you know, and you can't get your feelings hurt. So that that was a big thing that we had to establish early on is like we just we got to tell it how it is with so many conflicting ideas. And that's how we make songs that people like, I guess. Hell yeah, man. Like, I'm I'm so excited for everything to come. Um, I don't know how much I know that I'm not allowed to talk about, but. Mm. I, I'm just super, super stoked for everything to come up. Um, and, you know, I, I saw you guys, I don't know if it, it if it came out yet, but I saw you guys play a, a song at a show at the beginning of that Ocean's End run at the Vineyard. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we did feature some new songs at that show. Yeah, I, 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 I think it came out. Someone sent me a recording. I don't know if it got released or if that was it's just... Not, it's not released yet. It's not released I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. You're good. All, um, all we'll say about that is new send and delete coming soon. I'm not going to say when, but there soon. we go. There we go. That's what we'll say. Um, and it's good new send and delete. It's good, y'all. It's fucking incredible stuff. Thank um, you. Go out to the shows. That's how you see the the cool songs before they come out. That's what I do. I don't. I've been playing Dave Ja three, or I'm sorry, let's use the official name, Dave Ja Trois. I've been playing Dave <laughs> Ja Trois songs um, at my last few shows. Because you know, no one wants. I mean, as cool as it is, people people do get tired of bottles. I'm sure. And, oh, uh, dude, I love that song. <laughs> I love that song so much. Oh my god, yeah, it's gonna kill me. I think. I think that's gonna be the one that like I tear my larynx out on stage doing. But uh, it's always worth it. Um, oh yeah. But no, I like go out, go out, and I can't stress enough how important it is to go out and watch. If you really like a band, go watch them play. Even if you saw them last week, go watch them again because they're going to do some different stuff usually. Um, every show is different. You know, these aren't like rehearsed 
uh, multi-million dollar touring bands. You know, it's not like a Rolling Stones show where they have like cues and marks. Like this is raw, authentic, organic performance happening. And it costs like $10. Like just go out. <laughs> this actually feels like a really good segue for what we were talking about earlier. Uh, if you want to come see a really cool show, yes, um, send and delete. Uh, along with some other very cool artists are going to be playing at the crowbar uh thursday the today's the 13th 15th um it's uh it's a show all about you know it's pride month and whatnot so uh according to my favorite uh current um california east bay punk band Send and Delete is the queer core band from Tampa. So if you <laughs> if you want to come see that during Pride Month and a bunch of other uh, important uh, and queer artists in the uh, in the local scene, you should pop out to that show. That's what it's all about, and it's our first time at the Crowbar, which we're super stoked about. So, um, what about you, Dave? You got any shows coming up? Oh, oi. yeah. <laughs> we got a we got a very busy June and July, thankfully. Um, nice. Do do do. Let's let I'll 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 name the really the really super cool ones that I'm super stoked on and I can't wait for. Um, June 30th, I'm doing a like a weird cross set with um, movie props and psychofluid, who are two more. Um, I don't even know how to describe psychofluid fairly. Psychofluid is incredible. Movie props also incredible. Movie props is a two piece. They make some really groovy tunes, uh, drums and keys. Uh, Psycho fluid is like a three piece uh, metal uh, harmonic doom sludge grindcore. It's just an absolute fucking jam of a band. Um, they're playing, and then I'm also on the bill with a uh, out of town folk punk artist um who is friends with movie props and i didn't write his name down because i'm the worst person ever um but that show is going to be fucking cool because you're going to have like the the folk punk acoustic stuff in the beginning and then towards the end of the night you know we get weird and we we start thrashing around a little bit more um july 8th uh see-through person and kick veronica are going to be playing at ollie's um veronica is so fucking cool dude i love kick veronica one of my favorite fucking bands man i um i met them at uh lost in saint pete and um i booked a couple shows with them i'm playing july 21st in tampa with them and august 4th again uh with kick veronica in tampa and i'm super stoked on all those shows and Pretty much every weekend, I got something going on, thankfully. Awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, this weekend at Ollie's Pub, um, we're actually doing a big community, like, I don't even know what to call it, honestly. Um, but we're going to have a bunch of uh, people in the scene uh, playing music for us. Um and, you know, we're asking everyone in the community to come out, anyone who Ollie's means something to, um, to come out and just show some support to uh, the most important bar in Southwest Florida. Um, and, 
you know, on that note, I'll just also say uh, there is a, is it a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe? It's, it's a, a GoFundMe. Go, there's a GoFundMe running for Ollie's Pub right now. Um, there, It's in a bit of a, a tough spot. And uh, we're coming together as a community to try to raise some money to um, help the uh, help the bar out and ensure that it can make it through the summer so that it can continue to be the safe space and home that it is to so many people. Um, we we shattered the, the goal we set for ourselves and we're still climbing. Last I checked, we were at 4,800. 4, yeah. Um, and you know that's just a testament to how important this bar is to so many people and you know uh i don't i don't know exactly what this weekend is going to be but all i can say is that it will represent this community and um you know if 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 all these pub means anything to you um try to make it a point to come out buy some beer buy a sandwich um definitely know. buy a sandwich my oh, they're God, so good, man! I w- I'm as the former uh, executive chef and menu developer of Ollie's Pub. Um, I, I can stand by the, the sandwiches are bussin' bussin' uh, and very affordable. You know, compared to like, like you're gonna go to McDonald's and get the same. You're gonna pay the same or more because you're drunk and you're gonna order too much at McDonald's. Uh, you order a sandwich at Ollie's. It's a sandwich. It comes with chips. You're gonna be full, and you're gonna be happy, and you're gonna watch the person make it, and that's really cool. Hell yeah! You want to hear something cool? Hit me. I just went like seven minutes without talking or interrupting anybody. That's like a new record for me because I love listening to myself talk. <laughs> Sick! I'm so, I'm so proud of you, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but I actually do. You want to hear a fun story about my first date? night day at Ollie's that Hell nobody no. else has heard before. Yeah, I go for it. I do. So um like on Thursday I was like I'm gonna buy a camera and Friday I went to my first show at Ollie's and I'm like unloading my camera and shit and I hear from behind me, hey you're not supposed to have that and I look over and it was this uh this guy, he's the sound guy, his name is Dixon. And now looking back, that's kind of funny because Dixon's <laughs> just kind of a cool dude, goober type. Like, he's pretty cool. I I consider him an acquaintance pretty good. So I just thought that was kind of funny because I've shot like a million shows there now. And it really spooked me for a second. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that is that is some uh, I, I can definitely absolutely see Dixon saying that um, he, I, I adore Dixon. He. Uh, he do, he does his job uh, when he runs sound at Ollie's so well. Um, honestly, any all, all the sound all the people who do sound work at Ollie's Pub do an incredible job. Dixon and Cody, uh, Cody for the most part handle that, and um, they each have their own unique style, and they each bring something special to every show that they do. And they're on a uh, a cool kind of like schedule where they they trade back and forth so you know there's always a different sound and feeling going on at ollie's depending on the bands and who's working the soundboard yeah, yeah i completely agree like uh um shit i lost my train of thought but yeah i've been to shows where like regardless of who does sound like most bands i've seen like i saw 
no pants Maurice at a venue in Pasco and they sounded kind of garbage. Not nothing against them, but then they came to Ollie's and they sat. I'm like, oh, these guys are actually really fucking sick. No pants Maurice. Like, yeah, they're those guys are fucking rad. I don't know if you remember them, Dave. If you were there. Oh yeah, uh, at Ollie's for sure. I have a T-shirt from them that I wear all the time, actually. Oh, dude, those guys are fucking sick. Yeah, and they... those guys are some sweethearts. Yeah, I no, love them. No Pants Maurice is the epitome of just guys being dudes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, You said something about having a very busy uh, July, uh, Dave. And um, since this is a very freeform podcast and I can say whatever I want, I'm going to brag a little bit. Have you heard about what I'm doing in July, Dave? No, hit me, bro. You know the band Neverless? Yes. They hired me as their bassist to go out on tour with them. Ooh. I'm going, fucking cool, going all sorts of places in July. Dude, hey, that's do, fucking wild. Do you want to hear and, something cool? Are you Have you heard it? of this band called Neverless? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, they hired I, me I as Neverless. Their, yeah, they hired me as their second bassist, like... Like Rumble, like mime the guitar, and I'll actually play it in the background. <laughs> no, you'll be playing a bass on stage, unplugged, and I'll be backstage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's basically uh, it. That's sick as fuck. Um, but yeah, you kind thing, of man. like the big theme of the day. I feel like it's Ollie's, and you've kind of mentioned uh some of some of your favorite acts there and some acts you're gonna be performing with do you have any favorite memories or favorite shows over the past year that you've been to that you'd like to bring up uh i'm not gonna lie um i'm i have a bad time with like dates and stuff like that i remember moments a lot more vividly um but the first one that comes to mind is punk prom uh specifically throwing up on stage while they're uh, announcing prom king and queen and trying to figure out who the crowd wants to vote for uh the whole time everyone's doing speeches i'm parked in front of everyone over a trash can throwing up there are people posing with me um i think i think that's a really cool one <laughs> um any any time my set devolves to the point it ends up in the bathroom uh is always fun um this most recent one uh cody played drums in the bathroom with me and they were sitting on the toilet as their drum throne uh i'm gonna remember that probably for the rest of my life um man but that's me i mean as far as like other performers and stuff like that there's um obviously all the local people but i want to you know accept you and go read theory and all all my favorite local bands and they all my friends know how much i love them and their music but um i don't even know if these guys are going to hear it but i do want to give some love to a band from i think they're from tampa but uh pilot jones are oh my god are so fucking incredible guys so good do whatever it takes go out and um and find a way to listen to a pilot Jones set. Um, I've seen them a few times now, uh, but at Ollie's pub, they, they got people to crowd surf at that venue. Um, That's the first time I'd ever seen that. And 
I think that's fucking wild, man. Um, like they absolutely came down, came in and owned the room and they were a part of Ollie's pub that night. And you know, that it, I don't know how else to describe it. Their performance at uh, punk prom was just so special. Seeing pilot Jones is worth giving up like a non-vital organ. Yeah, absolutely. You need to hear rolling high, bro. I think they have music on Spotify. Yes, they do. Uh, we I mean, listen to it a lot not... in the fucking car, man. Yeah. Um, that, that does not do them justice. They are incredible. It doesn't, live. bro. They're so good live. They play such fun songs. Like, they played uh, one of the Naruto opening themes at Punk Prom, and I lost my fucking mind. Because growing up, I was like, man, this shit would go so hard. I wish I could go to a show and see this live. And I was like, there's no way I'll ever be able to do that. And then these guys pull up from Tampa and just lay it down like they wrote it. It sounded exactly like the song, too. It was fucking wild, man. He nailed yeah. the vocals. Yeah, so uh, kind of kind of on that theme, um, how, um, so Ollie's is kind of the center of the Southwest Florida scene, like the epicenter of it. Uh, how how important would you say that is that somewhere like Ollie's continues to stay open and continues to provide live music? I mean, I just I I feel like I've already said it so many times, and I feel goofy saying it again. But there's no other way to say it. Like you you just have to come out and support this place because there are other places that do shows around here, but nowhere does does things like Ollie's like. Ollie's books people for their first show um, and they actually pay people. Uh, you know, I've been paid for every show I've ever played at Ollie's and that's something that um, I, I don't want to, I'm not a drama guy, but I, there are some, some places and some people here who don't pay their performers and they work on like an audition basis, which is a ridiculous way to do live music. Um, if a band comes out there and gives you an hour of their time or however long, you know, you got to pay them, you know, give them a door split, whatever the agreed upon thing is. But like, you can't not pay performers. And I don't know. I feel like that's one of the big principles that always is, um, you know, they they've never wronged me. I've never heard of them wronging another band. Um, like it's, you know, it's they're very honest and the reason the owner Sean does what he does is because he loves music and he loves the scene and he wants to provide a safe space for it to flourish. And that's exactly what he does. Um, it's, I, you know, I, I might be a little biased because it is like a second home to me, but if, if you haven't been, or if you think I'm, if you have been, but it's been a while and you, you don't believe me, just come out, come out this weekend. Um, and you'll see how special this place is. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something really authentic about Ollie's per se. Like, uh, I don't know. It just, it feels like everything is done for the love of music and for the love of the community. Whereas I've been to a lot of venues that I enjoy, but there's like a commercial aspect to it where it's, it feels kind of corporate. Like 
hey, we're just here to get our split for the bar or whatever, and that's and that's all. And like the door people are assholes, and the bartenders are assholes, and everybody's an asshole. But always pub. <laughs> it's just like you know, like within like two shows of going there, you know, basically everybody that works there, and you're on like a first name basis with them. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. I I um. Send and Delete's played at Ollie's exactly twice um, because it's so far. We were supposed to play three times. Our car broke down. It was a whole thing. That's so um, sad. I know. But the second time we went there, I walked in and Sean was just like, hey, Rumble. What? It, it had been months. I was, I was blown away. They're, they're just such great people over at Ollie's. Uh, absolutely man and um you said it jackson the they the, they truly he sean does it because he loves music and um you know you can tell just based on uh the energy in there it's you know people get excited for the next show at ollie's um and going out on the road i went out with oceans End and helped them move some merch and I was exposed to um, a few other venues and I kind of see another way things get done. Cause for me, I, I really only started going out a year ago when I uh, started coming to Ollie's pub. This is my first like foray into a local scene really. Um, and I, if, if, if you're in the same boat as me and you've never really been outside of the Ollie's scene or, um, never seen how it's done somewhere else uh it's really eye-opening how lucky and blessed we are like that we have such a strong accepting open community um because a lot of places don't have that and it's like you were saying a second ago jackson a lot of places just look at um performers as a way to sell more drinks to keep people buying drinks you know and I could feel that you know, talking to uh, owners of venues we were playing at. It was all about how many people do you think you're going to be able to bring in tonight? It, you know, like I can name two or three owners and out of the. What, like 15 ish or so um, that I interacted with that I have interacted with who gave a shit about the music. Um, it's it's just sad, man. It's. And it's something a lot of people take for granted that, you know, there's talking to people in this scene um, right before I got back, uh, right before I came into the scene, rather, you know, they were still kind of recovering from COVID. But before COVID, apparently Ollie's, you know, there were some some lame people around and those people were, you know, dealt with. They left the scene. They were made you know, they were removed from the environment and it has flourished and become a really awesome place to be. But that's not to say that it can't get bad again. Um, but, you know, I think a place like Ollie's Pub, where you have so many good hearted, like minded people just trying to create a community, trying to enjoy the the beauty of music together, um, I think you're going to have a better shot at combating that than if Ollie's pub wasn't there and people were going to shows at these other venues that don't feel as much as they feel more like a venue than a home. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't. I've I've never been to another venue where you see the the venue owner moshing <laughs> during during and dancing during sets and just like. You know, like you can tell that aside from the stress of, you know, running a niche business that Sean really is having the time of his life during shows. And that's something really cool to see. Oh, yeah, man. This uh, this bar is like a it's like a baby to him. You know, it's it's just it's it's as special to him as it is to everyone else, maybe in a different way. But, you know, it, it means a lot to him. And that's why he he does it, because it's not easy, man. That that dude puts up with a lot of nonsense and it's not fair sometimes, but he just, he just handles it because that's what he has to do to provide that space for everyone. And um, I'm just so thankful to him for that. All this, uh, all this talking about um, like the, like I said, I've only been to Ollie's twice and it was like, you, you can feel it. Like you can feel the sense of community. Um, but I don't, obviously I don't know it as well as the two of you do because you know, you live down there <clears throat> and I was wondering if it'd be okay if I were to shout out a a venue in my area that yes. has that same vibe. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if either of you have been there. I think there's a chance Jackson might've, but I'm not sure if you have Dave. Um, it's called the vault. Ah, the vault. I've heard vault. a lot the of vault good things DIY. about the vault. Um, it's in... Okay, well, uh, the vault has become, at least in in our area, there's not a lot in like the Newport Ritchie, Hudson, uh, you know, holiday area, because it's a lot of it's just hillbilly country. If we're being honest, it's it's old people, it's like old rich assholes who live on the water and hillbillies. So there's not a lot out there for like you know the punk scene, and Drake. Drake Rogers from the local band, the horribles. Uh, he decided to open this little venue and it is so hot. The AC barely works and it's in this office complex and it is grimy and it is gross and it is sweaty. And I, and I love it. And it is the, it is the spot for any band in, in this area. And he Drake has done so much work in keeping that place open and making it available for all the local bands He'll come out any night of the week if you want to book a show. And um, him and, and uh, Steve, the door guy, who he's always there too. Such, such wonderful, uh, loving people who just do it for the music. And they don't have cool, uh, they don't have cool, like funky little drinks and funky little sandwiches like Ollie's does. Um, but that, that sense of community still, uh, it exists. And I feel like there's at least some place like that, no matter where you are. So find those places wherever you are and support those places. Yeah, it's it's and that's the other thing, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to find a place like that. Like I. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's. I, I don't I don't mean to contradict you, but sometimes it just isn't there and it's lame, bro. Like I grew up here. Um, yeah. in, in Cape Coral and there was nothing like Ollie's. Um, I graduated high school in 2016 and went to college in Orlando. And, uh, I think Ollie's opened while I was in school. Um, 
because you know I expected to come home and maybe maybe play some country music at the the shitty hillbilly bar across the street <laughs> from um. And there's nothing wrong with hillbillies. I love hillbillies, but the oh, ones no. who go to the ones who go to that bar fucking suck. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought I thought maybe I could do some country music over there, or maybe at Rackham's or something. But like, I never ever anticipated to find or expected to find Ollie's, and I was lucky enough to live across the street from it. So I I, I spent four nights a week at Ollie's for you know three or four months i would just skateboard over there after i got off of work or whenever the bar opened up uh if i was off work that day and i just I sat around waited for sean to open up and i'd go over and i'd just hang out man it's it's and there's not there's not a lot of places like that um where you would feel you know safe or comfortable doing that or i don't know man i i i i feel comfortable enough at that at that place now i can leave my my phone on the bar uh and come back an hour later it'll be exactly where i left it um mm-hmm. and I, don't, I don't even have to worry about it but yeah you know i'd i'd like to expand on that actually um shit i lost i lost oh my god i lost already this is a this is a problem with smoking before doing the podcast but um <laughs> i also um i also i like like you'll still see me at Ollie's pub shows, and I feel comfortable. I probably should. I'll cut this part out just so people don't come to Ollie's pub to steal my camera. But I'll, like, <laughs> I'll put my, uh, I'll put my, uh, my camera like on the side table and just d- dive into the pit and shit. Like you know, it's a safe spot, and I mean that's really cool to me. I think, and it's just a very welcoming place. Oh, I know. I know what it was now. Okay, so kind of on the theme of what you're saying, how there really aren't like a local scene that's like so easy to get into at a lot of places because I actually have like photographers who are like just starting out message me and stuff. And they're like, well, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like, man, just meet some bands and go to local shows or whatever. And they're like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, go to local venue. Which one? I don't know. But they're like, oh, there really isn't a place like that here. So, like, that's what, that's something I've been lucky with is that, like, I was able to just start going to Ollie's every weekend and meet a shit ton of bands and just kind of, you know, just figure shit out. Like, a lot of people don't really have that luxury, depending on where they live, to kind of to kind of make those connections in the music industry. And that, and that's something that's kind of sad to me a little bit. You know, a lot of people don't live across the street from a place you can record an album or, you know, I, I, I really truly hit the perfect storm with this place and um, my situation in particular, but I just want to stress that it's not unique to me. Like this is something that, I've seen happen to other people who have joined the scene after me. It's like you come out, come out to the open mics a couple times. And because the people at the open mics are, are the artists who play the shows at Ollie's it's, you know, it's the community. It's, it's the local bands coming out to hang out on Tuesday. Like my open mic, I played for, uh, I remember, I, I'm, I think Cody was there and Skyler, um, and Colin from um, 
perfect sequence. Um, but you know, it's it's like the people who are going to these this open mic are are the artists. Like you know, they're the, they're some people you want to meet if you want to do this seriously. Uh, if you want to play shows and and go beyond open mics, and then you know, you got to talk to people, you meet people, and you start a music career, man. It's not, it's not super hard. Anyone can do it if they want to, you just got to work at it a little bit. And there are places like Ollie's pub and like the vault that help facilitate that for, uh, these, these up and coming artists. And I don't know, I just, I, music, I don't, it's funny since I've started going out to these local shows, I don't really listen to like Spotify or anything anymore. Um, you know, I'll put a record on every once in a while, but I, I listen to a lot less music since I started making it. Um, and it's, I, I think I'm just bored of, I, I just love live music so much. And I, I'm in a spot where I'm able to see so many incredible, talented musicians week after week. And I, I don't need to sit in my room and stream music all day. It's almost like I, I I it's I, I don't I don't feel the compelled to have headphones on like I always used to. Um I don't know. There's just something special about live music and I think it's something that if you're if you've only ever been to big concerts, um try to go to a smaller show uh where there's, you know, max like 50, 60 people in the crowd um cuz it feels so much different. And maybe you like it and maybe you don't, but it's a shame to not not at least give it a shot. Man, it's actually crazy because, like, I'll see posts on Facebook and stuff or, or, like, people are like, I don't even like going to concerts because you pay, like, 130 bucks and then you sit, like, a mile away from the performer. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, just go to a local show or even just, like, a lower to mid-tier show. Like, mm -hmm. like I haven't been to a concert where there's been, like, actual seating, like, in the venue area in like years and years just because like there's nothing that appeals to me about not even like being able to interact with musicians and stuff like i i shot my favorite band ever currents at the orpheum not long ago and um they were just hanging out at side stage and i was and i just like met them i showed them my current tattoo and that was just the coolest shit ever and like you wouldn't be able to do that if you went to like metallica at the mid florida credit amphitheater or whatever like you know just like support support the bands that come to your area and support the bands that live in your area is my thing not to mention how expensive those big shows are like you come to a local show you're paying like five dollars and a marlboro red to get in yeah for <laughs> real man and and you get like four hours of music yeah Bro, even like, if the even if the cover is ten dollars, you got four bands. Are you gonna look at every member of every band and tell them they're not worth fucking two dollars a piece, man? What the hell is that, bro? Yeah, it's like you can pay ten dollars to go to a show. You know, five dollars and you get four hours of music. Ten dollars, whatever it is, like it's not. You're not paying. You're not buying tickets. You know, you're paying a door fee. Yeah. That door fee goes to artists. It. it it direct i i didn't realize how fucking expensive it was to travel i'm a child right like i'm a mm. I'm, I'm a i'm 20 i'm almost 26 but like i i, I have poor worldview i learned um because like 
to be a traveling band costs so much fucking money. It is obscene, like gas, food for everyone. Um, and then the stress and the emotional turmoil of your car breaking down or your trailer losing a wheel twice in one week. It's, it's disgusting and it makes you want to quit. It makes you want to not do it anymore. Um, and these people do it week after week. And, you know, I, I've been at several shows at Ollie's where traveling bands have played to empty rooms and that's a crime. That's an absolute fucking shame. I saw terminally ill, a band from California, um, play to like 10 people at Ollie's pub because, you know, no one wanted to come out and, uh, see someone they hadn't heard of. And you know what? That Terminally Ill show, I forgot to mention it earlier, that might be one of the best fucking sets I've ever seen at Ollie's. Those guys, uh, Rumble, if you haven't listened to Terminally Ill, you should. I'll send you some stuff. I, um, for sure, please do. Bro, uh, they were they were on the um, the last half of that Ocean's End tour, um, so I got to meet them a little bit better. They're all sweethearts. They're all super cool dudes, and they make incredible music and do one of the best live shows I've ever seen them mm. and the Hodge. The Hodge was also at Ollie's and, you know, the same night as uh, terminally ill, these bands came out from California and, you know, no one, uh, people who didn't come out missed a really special fucking show because, you know, yeah, bro. Are you like, if they didn't come back, I wouldn't be surprised because how the fuck are you going to drive from California to Florida and not get a not get a little bit of a crowd, man. It, you know, it, it really it hurt. I I'm sure it hurt them, but it really hurt me. Um, because you know, and this was a little while ago, and I think uh, collectively we've got people have gotten a lot better about coming out and supporting people they don't necessarily know. Um, because the it's looking up. Um, but we just got to keep on doing that, you know, even if you don't know any, it, even if you don't know any of the bands that weekend, just go out. Maybe you'll find your new favorite band. Um, yeah. you just never know. Like, how did you find your last favorite band? Were you born knowing who they were? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you had to find them, bro. And so, you know, just keep an open mind about music. If, even if, even if it's not for you, stick around. Maybe the next one is. All this talk about local music. You know, it's it's very important, but I am very much gonna go see the Front Bottoms on their tour. No, bro. <laughs> what? No. Are you, don't. What are you talking down on my boy Brian Sella? I just. Oh, man. I hope this doesn't blow my chances of playing a show with them, but I don't think their new music is particularly good. <laughs> man, okay, you're wrong. You're wrong for what? that. <laughs> Rumble, it's don't not, do this to me. It's not old school front bottoms, but are you going to expect them to stay the same forever? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you hear Outlook? Is that a new one? I haven't listened yeah. in a little while. Dude, they put out two new singles. Outlook was the first one, and it was really good. The one they put out most recently is called Punching Bag, and it's not as good. But <laughs> Outlook... It literally, it reminds me a lot of just old school front bottoms with better production. You know, it, it, you know what it is? I think that that was like the final straw for me with the front bottoms. It was this last grandma album, Teresa. What? They butchered those songs. Teresa was incredible. They butchered those songs. Oh, because 
it's not the 2009 version that sounds like it was recorded on the Dude, don't, don't do this. Rumble, don't do this. The winds. They ruined that fucking song, bro. They polluted the shit out of it with like weird electronic keyboards and shit. It's gross now, man. I can't I can't believe and when they were releasing it, I think they did more than it hurts you first. I heard it and I heard the sound they were doing with that with the thing, and I was like, oh dude, just don't do the winds. Just please. <laughs> just, just please, God, guys. Just leave that one alone. Dude, uh, more than it hurts you went crazy. I mean, I can relate because I'm a Dave Javu EP truther, but he kind of <laughs> he kind of sold out with Dave Javu with J- Dave Ja too. Not gonna lie, like like coding cowboy, bro. That's a straight up pop song. That's a pop country song. Not, not so Neil Young anymore. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Bro, you know what's crazy about that? Every album is going to be so different and weird. Like this, this oh, third, sure. the third album is going to be pretty sad. Um, and then I have a couple other planned. I'll briefly mention, but I won't oh, go yeah, into. Oh yeah, because you're just you're just known for writing the most happy fucking <laughs> make me but, feel good about the world and my place in it. Music, right? Yeah, but usually it's angry. These are like sad. Like, um, think like "Happy Birthday," but like a whole album with that tone, kind of. It's it's oh, it's a pretty, dear Lord. Yeah, it's a pretty bummer summer vibe. Not gonna lie, man. Um, I am too. I think they're really good songs. Um, I do. I do want to get to talking about the album, but I uh, I have a question before yeah. we get. There. Um, I remember last time you were on the podcast. I wasn't. I wasn't hosting back way back then. Um, but I, I've listened to your episode more oh, times God. than I'm afraid, uh, more times than I want to admit, just <laughs> because I think you're incredibly charismatic and funny. Um, <laughs> oh, and I remember no. there was this whole conversation about how fucking stupid the name Dave Jot Vu is. It's still dumb. And, <laughs> and other potential band names you had. And I remember one of them was Bitch Lungs, and I thought that was really funny. But I want to know, have you come up with any other good potential band names? Oh, my God. What was it, bro? I had a really. There's there's one. I I don't know if it's going to happen. We wrote a couple songs. Um, The Steve Buscemi Surf Club, Young Buscemi Surf Club. And all the merch (laughs) is just Steve Buscemi's face. That's Um, really good. I'm in a that would be like a Midwest emo scrams type band. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, yeah that, I think that would be a slapper. Um, I'm in a band called Goblin Pussy right now. That's dude, that's yeah, one of the I best band that. names of all fucking time. Bro, um, our first Tyler, show our Tyler first show is told me about that. Dude, Tyler plays drums for us. Um oh, July, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. July 29th is our first show. We're writing some songs right now. Um yeah. they're fucking fun. Uh, dude, I had one the other fuck. I had one like literally yesterday, and I was like, I'm just gonna release a solo album and not tell anyone it's me under this name. And I can't fucking remember. Oh, uh, I don't know why, but I think George Takai's t shirt would be a really funny band name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mentioned this on an earlier episode of the podcast. I don't remember if it was the last one we did, but. Uh, let me tell you this very brief story about uh, about a band name. Um, I was talking to my oldest brother, and I was telling him about you know the whole Midwest emo thing, 
And because uh, I listen to it a lot. And this is the kind of guy who listens to bluegrass and butt rock. Um, and I was telling him that they all have really stupid names. I was telling him about like mom jeans and and um, Michael Sarah Palin and like just like dumb names like that. And he came off the top of his head, off the dome, came up with the best Midwest emo band name I've ever heard. Are you ready for this? Hit me. Shania Twain Saw Massacre. Oh. Isn't I that was, awesome? That's like a shoegaze band, bro. Yeah. I, you know, I, me and my buddy Ricky are working on this project right now um, called mm-hmm. the Chainsaw Maintenance Band. And I'm going to play Chainsaw and Harmonica in it. Hell um, yeah. But maybe we have a, a song called Shania Twain Saw. Dude, I can't even say it. Shania Twain Saw Massacre. You have my permission. <laughs> you should buy a singing song. Get all neutral milk hotel with it. <laughs> Dude, I was going for. Have you ever heard of the Southern Rock Gods Jackal? Yes, yes. of course. <laughs> I was going for a Jackal vibe. <laughs> oh, oh my dude. god! I was I was actually wondering. Um, have you heard, seen, uh, listened to Gutter Love, Dave? Yes, I love Gutter Love. Alan's a sweetie, bro. Absolutely Dude, I've been listening charmer. to that a ton lately, and it's so fucking good. And I, I just saw it's it's crazy that that guy is the same guy who's the guitarist of Traitors, like yep. the heaviest fucking band to ever exist. He also and does rap. Yeah, I, I know that's the craziest <laughs> shit. Like he does fucking everything. <laughs> No, dude, he's so talented. Yeah, I just, I've been, like, vibing with his music nonstop lately. It's so fucking good. Man, it's, I, I love folk punk, and, um, I love everything about it. It's, it, it's what I grew up with, um, I say grew up with, but, like, it, it's what I listened to through high school and college, and, it, you know, it's what I became an adult with, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, and so it'll always have a special place in my heart, but I don't know, just lately I haven't been able to write it, man. Uh, it just feels hollow when I write a song about killing cops. Um, cause I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not, I'm not out there throwing bombs and shit and it's, it's cool to sing about it. And I think it has its place to sing about it. But, uh, I just, I feel like the songs I'm writing now are more genuine and I feel like that's one of my biggest strengths as an artist i've been told uh my lyrics are you know personable and vulnerable and people are people can relate to them so uh i don't know i'm i'm super excited for what's to come but i'll always have a i'll always play stuff like another cop hating song even if there's not more stuff like that on the way right now Dude, on, that's... on that note go ahead jackson that's actually something I've bitched about a lot on early early episodes on the podcast is that I've seen a lot of bands that either have made it big or haven't made it big. And like a big reason their music does nothing to me, I mean, for me or whatever, is because like sometimes it feels like certain bands just write songs for the sake of writing songs. Mm-hmm. Like they don't actually feel what they're writing about. They haven't actually lived what they're writing about, and that's like the most lame shit to me. Kind of like I don't know. I just feel like, and this is me saying as like pretty much a non-musician, but I just feel like art is better if you just chase what interests you, intrigues you, 
And if you do things for the sake of, you know, trying to, you know, make money or trying to fit within a certain uh, peg hole or whatever, like, then, like, just, it kind of loses interest. I think people can tell. If that made sense. Yeah, yeah man. Sure. Yeah, what were you going to say? Earlier, I was gonna I was gonna use this conversation as a segue. I was gonna say, oh, hold on. I was gonna say on that note, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the album Dave Ja Two. Dave Ja Two, because I could tell you 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 were kind of moving away from the more folk punk kind of like sound and the general topics that surround that genre and more of a almost more into a, like an emo space. Oh yeah, man. Um. And that's the other stuff I listen to is like that that Midwest emo type stuff, like your mom jeans we were talking about earlier. A mm. big one for me was like Hot Mulligan. Um, yeah, I know you love Hot Mulligan. Yeah, I got to see I got to, I got to see Hot Mully shortly before I moved back. So, um, and and Prince Daddy, same thing with them. Prince Daddy mm-hmm. and the Hyena. I also got Rest to see these Alex. Gone too soon. Rip uh it's it's, that sad note yeah man (laughs) but like those those bands like those vocals that these guys do are they're just so fucking raw and Mm. um that's something i i've always tried to capture in my music um and i think it'll be the death of me i honestly do i don't know how to sing i don't know how to scream properly People mm. tried to teach me, like, use your diaphragm, Dave. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Balloon, air, inflate, breathe in your nose, whatever. But, like, I can do it until I get on stage, because when I'm on stage, it t- everything goes off. Dude, I don't know the lyrics to my songs, because, like, I'm I'm living in the line that I'm singing. Like, I don't. I, that's corny as fuck, but it's the no, truth. No, I get it. It's like, uh, I can't actively think of... Like, I... If you if you hear me live, you hear me. I'll fuck up lyrics, you know, a lot of my songs. Uh, I'll I'll fuck up a chord change every now and then, um, and sometimes it's because I broke a string and the chords are all different now. But a lot of the times, it's it's because I'm I'm really fucking in the moment, and uh, like when I perform, it's nothing else matters. Like I could get shot and I'm finishing my set. It's it is what it is. Um, it's i don't know how to explain it because i'm not performing right now and i I can't put it into words um but something just takes over and i I can't focus on my breathing and sing properly but i don't have to fucking worry about it i guess because it sounds okay um it hurts sometimes but you know no serious damage yet i did give myself costochondritis one time that was bad yeah i (laughs) i uh I actually noticed some growth the last time I saw you. I don't think you broke any strings the last time I saw you. Like, have you changed your technique at all, or was it mainly just luck? It's all luck, Jackson, because the show right after that, uh, where I ended up in the bathroom, I finished that set with three strings, bro. It's, oh, my you know, God. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a ripper. But, you know, it's and, and it all comes down to the energy of the night, you know? Like, sometimes... Um, it's a little more chilled out and emotional and I'm like having a conversation with people. And sometimes, you know, there's some shit going on in my life or in the world around me and it pisses me off. And that comes out in my performance. Um, I, I, 
I can tell whenever I play an angry set or a sad set, um, like just based on my energy after I get off the stage, like what kind of a mood I'm in, how I feel, um, you know, how long it takes me to decompress and stuff like that. So like, I'm sure people can tell from like the, how it sounds outwardly. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any like questions or anything about it? Because, uh, it came out a while ago and I don't, yeah, I don't remember a ton about it. (laughs) Um, that's a, that's a solid point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm like a shark. I'm full steam ahead. But yeah, hit me. Any questions you guys got? Okay, so Mary Fuck Kill, Country Clubs, Coding Cowboy, COPD. God damn, bro. I'm going to divide people on this one. Oh my god. All right. All right. Okay. I'll explain it. Country Clubs is one of the most important songs I've ever written, in my opinion. Um, it's about Ollie's Pub. Uh, it's like my, it's like an homage um, to just how that place uh, is a home for people who are different. People who are viewed as different, rather. I don't, I don't think they're different or weird or whatever you want to say about them. But, you know, it's just... It, Ollie's is a very welcoming place, and that's what that song's about. And song's about not being welcomed in certain places because of who you are or how you came up in the world. Um, and it's it's just celebrating a place that lets you be exactly who you are all the time. So I have to marry country clubs. I can't get. I'll I'll die playing that song. Um, and this is where I'm gonna piss people off, and I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm truly sorry, but I'm fucking coding cowboy and I'm killing COPD every single time. Coding cowboy, I I I do love this song. Um, I love them both for different reasons. COPD is very raw. Um, it's very emotional. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that's just another angry song. I'm not really saying anything in that one. Um, I feel like coding cowboy is a little more. I, I kind of opened the door a little bit for people and I, you know, I, I'm not like a, a, a big, huge drug guy. I never, I've never done codeine, but you know, I have been addicted to painkillers and Adderall and, um, acid and pot. I'm currently addicted to weed. Like, and some of these things are, are drugs. People say you can't be addicted to, but I don't know, man. If you can't be addicted to weed, I sure do have a hard time sleeping and eating without it. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd say that's pretty addicted. Uh, I want to do it all the time. That's pretty fucking addicted, man. So that's I think that's ignorant to say you can't get addicted to... You can get addicted to any substance that'll change your, your mind or alter your perception of the world because... Uh, Everyone has their own thing that they use to cope with the craziness around them, and it changes a lot. Um, I'm just thankful that for the last few years, mine has been something relatively healthy as opposed to what it was before that. But all that to say, I think COPD... um, Let me look at the songs. 
might be one of the the like weaker songs I've released lyrically. I feel like that song gets carried by the performance. And it's it's it has to be a pretty one-dimensional performance if we're being honest. Um because that's an angry song and you know I can't slow down COPD it's going to sound goofy. Um but, you know, it's I can't kill it either, truly. If I had to, if you're holding a gun to my head and said get rid of one of them, it'd be that one, I think. But um, I do still think it's a, it's a cool song, and it does have its moments. Uh, we did an, an art walk at Ollie's Pub earlier this year, and it's, uh, it's a city event. The city of Cape Coral rents out Cape Coral Parkway to yuppie fucks and people with too much money to hawk garbage. Um, and take up parking from businesses like Ollie's Pub. Um, luckily, Ollie's Pub is on that street, so they can't stop the, uh, Ollie's from hosting any vendors from the community who wanted to but couldn't afford a tent at Music Walk and host music outside. Um, anyway, though, at that event, uh, I, I was playing my set. I was being a good boy. I was censoring myself because I was playing to the the normies and the yuppies and I was trying to be semi-respectful and the, they still came over and gave us a hard time and started hassling us and told us we were being too loud. And so I unplugged and just full fucking sent COPD at the top of my lungs, um, to a street full of people. And apparently across the street from the, the back, the blue rally guys. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. I just think, there's a time and a place for every song. Um, and I think that was really why I wanted to put that song on the album is because uh, it had happened after Music Walk and people had, had known it from that, uh, you know, that experience. That's a good first question, Jackson. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, you don't even know. I'm like, I'm like, actually, I do more writing now than then I shoot concerts, which is kind of nuts. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing like interviews and reviews and shit. Like it's crazy. But anyway, um, well, so, uh, you've been on the road this year. Is there anywhere that like you really oh, enjoy oh, going? I have a question about the album. <laughs> <laughs> what album? <laughs> So, um, you can you can correct me and and shoot me down and tell me I'm a fucking idiot if I'm wrong, but um, the the feeling I got from the first EP, um, was kind of just like, you know, you and Cody was your producer and um, you kind of just came in with your acoustic guitar, played your played your silly goofy little tunes and 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 you. And he shout out an EP and it was awesome. First of all, don't think, don't think I'm, I'm dissing you or anything. I'm not, I love that EP. Um, but this album felt like a little bit more structured in a way. Like it, it felt, I don't want to say it felt more intentional because I'm sure you had all the intent in the world when you made the first one, but, um, you know, with, with all the studio banter in the first one and everything, I was wondering if, uh, like how the recording from the first EP differed from uh, from Dave Jaw to 
if that was like a different experience, if there's anything to talk about there. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a couple fun things we can talk about. Um, so first of all, the studio banter absolutely happened during the second recording. Oh, um, yeah. I just didn't want to be the, I didn't want to overdo it. Basically. I didn't want to have uh, the, the talking intro again or whatever. Um, yeah. That's kind of yeah. what I'm referring to. Yeah. You know, so it's it, the first album was very cute tongue in cheek. Um, Cause that's kind of what, I think, and I, I think honestly, what it comes down to is just evolution as an artist and me figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. So, like when I when I track when I listed out the tracks for the first album, you know, it was like literally I had played one show, I had played two open mics, I I never really made set lists or anything like that, so I didn't fully understand flow. Um, so mostly, it's it's. Uh, it's a lot of input from Cody and um, it's just kind of like uh, start happy and sad. And that's, that's pretty much, you know, as much cause all this, the songs aren't really super related to each other. Um, <laughs> cohesive. Cohesive was the word I was looking for. The second one felt a lot more cohesive. Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at the first one right now and I have a song. The second track is another cop hating song. But yeah. I only called it that because if we get arrested is about hating cops. But I put another cop hating song before the other cop hating. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> it's, it's just a little silly and weird, right? Yeah. Um, the second one, I feel um, I had uh, I had been playing shows for um, you know for six months at that point, and I, I wasn't playing as much as I am now, so I hadn't played a ton of shows, but. Um, you know, I, I, I had, I had a little bit more experience with like creating some flow. Um, and you know, it it also helps that every song on the album, on the second album, isn't me yelling my head off, you know? Um, it gave us a lot of, it's funny because it gave us more options. The first time we recorded Cody knew I was just going to shriek. Right. Cause I don't know what, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I think we just recorded the room. Like, I think we just like had like a, like one microphone to record the room and we, uh, recorded my guitar too. Um, but yeah, so the first one was pretty bare bones recording. The second one, um, we tried to do a little bit more, but, uh, something went wrong actually. Uh, and so we lost one of the the extra mics. So it ended up being recorded basically the same as the first one at the end of the day, because um, we couldn't use the other track channel or whatever. And uh, you know, it's 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 a folk punk album, so we didn't really re-record it or anything. Mm. Um, and yeah. I I like how it sounds. Like you know, I I think. I definitely will say this and I say this to everyone like my live music is a lot better than my recorded music and that's just because I'm in complete control of every little minute minute thing um performance wise uh mm-hmm. like you know I can control how loud it is versus if you're at home you know you can turn me down during the most during your favorite part of the song and you don't even realize it um it's a little bit harder to do that in person so i always and just the energy is different like whenever i sit down to record it's fucking noon and i'm sober whenever i go to play a show it's like 
10 p.m. and I've had eight beers and I'm I've talked to people. I'm like my social battery is up. I'm like lively. It's just a different energy and it's hard to capture that on um the recordings. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I actually um one thing that stuck out to me the first time I listened to Dave Jatu is I f- I actually feel like the second EP kind of did a better job capturing what it's like to go to a Dave Javu set. Like for whatever reason to me, it almost sounds like it's just a live feed from your mic and the guitar mic or the guitar line. Like mm-hmm. it sounds kind of polished, like, you know, like obviously coding EQ to and all that. But like, to me, like it actually brought me back to like all the times where like, you you walked around the room with a guitar screaming bottles and like all the times like everybody like just stood in one half circle or whatever while you screamed your lungs out like like it it really did like kind of bring a nostalgic vibe of what it's really like to be at a dave javu set to me at least i think the harmonica helped with that part of it um i feel like the first one was missing something and i've always like if you go back and stalk my Instagram, I've I've always like dabbled in playing guitar and harmonica at the same time. Um like not not like a flex, not I'm not flexing or anything, because I don't know how to do either. Like I, I'm also convinced no one knows how to play harmonica and everyone is pretending. But oh, yeah. more tinfoil hat uh music instrument theories later. Um but like yeah, so the the harmonica thing, it's always been something I've wanted to do cuz like one of my biggest guys, Bob Dylan, that's like his thing. He's like the harmonica guitar guy. Um and he's a huge influence for me. So it's always been something that um whenever I write a song, I usually can hear in my head whether or not it has harmonica. Um and unfortunately man i just i wasn't confident enough in myself when i recorded that first album because there should have been harmonica on it um i feel like it was missing something Uh, that's i'm i'm super excited for uh what's to come um we're gonna be doing a um like a dave ja review quote unquote is what we're going to call it which is like a hits a compilation of my first three albums or my first three eps and uh we're also going to take that group of songs and record them um with like a full band and call it dave ja redo (laughs) and then i want (laughs) to i want to do it i want to do another one i know dude it's bad get get ready because this is the worst one i want to do an orchestra record called dave ja blue Oh, oh no! Like Frank Sinatra did. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> Fuck. Um, that, so there's hey, some you, stuff coming. When, yeah, when that, you do the when you do the full band thing, if you're still going for a folky kind of vibe, hit me up. I got that upright bass. We'll make something happen. Oh hell yeah, bro! That actually brings interesting segue to my next topic, which is. Uh, when you have the munchies, what's the first snack or food that comes to mind? You'll never guess what mine is. It's kind of different. I'm kind of quirky like that. Bro, I don't even get the munchies anymore. You don't? Damn. And I don't eat enough. Like, I eat maybe once a day. Oh, shit. 
Man, I was really excited for that question too. You <laughs> down. Um, if I and that's the thing, I don't get the munchies sometimes if I eat an edible and I get like extra stone, but it's got to be a really good edible. Usually I got to make it like gummies and stuff like that don't work. But if I make some some good pot brownies and they're hitting right, um, I'm going for uh, some kind of chip. I don't really have a favorite. I'm not a, I'm not a chip chooser. I'm a I'm a chip enjoyer. I, I enjoy all chips. Dave, all you do is eat hot chip and lie. <laughs> all right, well, what's oh, yours, Jackson? Now I gotta know. Stovetop stuffing. Ooh, okay. That is a weird one. Oh, it tastes I mean, so it's fucking good. good when I'm stoned. And, like, people are like, well, you gotta eat that with something, like, with turkey or whatever. And I'm like, no, dude, I'll put that butter in the pan, put it in there, and five dude. minutes later... Turkey tastes like fucking napkins. I don't I give a turkey. shit what anyone says. I it tastes like I'm taking a bite out of a roll of paper towels. That's a bad uh, take. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I don't like chicken either. I don't like birds. You mean government go. drones? Birds are real. Stop the slander. <laughs> Man. Well, anyway. So, Dave, um, let me think of a thought real quick. Is that how this podcast works? Dude, you know <laughs> I don't take notes. I saved that oh, for my mean, political podcast. Let me think of um, something we can talk about. Well, actually, I think, I mean, I do have the munchies right now, so it's about wrap-up time. But I wanted to do a little diatribe, soliloquy, monologue. Because, you know, I love listening to myself talk. Um, like, for me, I've been doing lots of cool stuff about photography. But it's really Ollie's Pub that really shaped me into, like... I don't know, I feel like my stuff is different than a lot of people who have, like, a very sterile view on photography. Because they've all they've done is shoot these massive shows forever. Whereas I started where in a dark room, dark small room without a stage, barely any lighting, and I just kind of had to figure shit out. Like, I I just like it's it just made everything a lot easier for me. And like being somewhere where I could like learn how to make connections and shit, like it's just truly invaluable. Like I went from shooting at Ollie's all the time that I shot the vault a little bit more and that I shot crowbar, but really it's Ollie's pub that like really shaped me into like. Into someone who is like somewhat decent at what they do a little bit. So, like, I'll always have things for Ollie's. And it's really cool when I see other photographers like Victoria and that Brian guy um, with the flash and stuff of the crowd pics do stuff. Cause that's like Ollie's Pub is a good place if you want to get your start. Cause it's just so easy to meet people. And it's good to have to learn to face adversity with like lighting and stuff. Cause if you can shoot at Ollie's Pub, you can shoot anywhere, pretty much. But yeah, there's my little speech. I'm sorry. Hell yeah, I've got I've got one last question for Dave here. Yeah. So many moons ago, there was some send and delete post, and I don't even remember what the post was, but there was some post, and you commented on it, and you said. <laughs> If one of you gets a deja vu tattoo, I will get a send and delete. Oh, tattoo. I did do that, didn't I? So here's the question. 
What should my deja vu tattoo oh, be? Oh, fuck you, bro. I don't even have a deja vu tattoo yet. What should it be? Because you don't uh, really have a tattoo. Deja tattoo? <laughs> but have tattoos spelled really weird or something, like T-A-T-U or something. Um, I think, I honestly think if you get this one, it's a cheesy cop-out, and you should either think of another one, or I'll think of something else. Because the one I want to get for myself to remember Dave Javu now and after everything's over, I'm just going to get three exclamation marks somewhere. Um, that's kind of become like a little logo for me, is like the okay. exclamation marks in Dave Javu. But... That's a cop out rumble. Think of something cooler. Um I have I have some mascots. I have like a little dog. I have a frog. I have a uh what's the other one? A chicken with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good. I I have some uh, I have some mask. I'll send you some pictures. Uh but th- think of something cool, man. Mate, get get like a get a lyric. <laughs> the chicken with the knife is a good contender. His name is um there's his name's herbert 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 he's a little angry chicken with he's all over the walls at ollie's too my girlfriend draws him everywhere all right all right here's 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 the idea i'm working with based off of that i'm gonna get i'm gonna get herbert and underneath it i'm gonna put like a line of yours that i really like and you have to get bong water and do the same thing okay hell yeah you can do that You know, I really felt it when Dave said, I ain't getting better, getting better at lying. Like, damn, that shit hit. (laughs) Oh, dude, I write some corny-ass lyrics, don't I? Yeah, uh, but... (laughs) We all do sometimes. Dude, you don't want to see my lyrics. That's that's some interesting shit. But but anyway, we have a couple of audience questions. the first is from Cielo, a friend of yours. Um, she asks, do it jiggle? Of course. <laughs> and then uh, the second is from uh, Alex from uh, Social Infants and of Wrath and the Social Infants fame. Um, he asks, how'd you get to be so handsome? You know, uh, I was born a very ugly man. But I, I I don't know. It's, it's the glow up. Uh, fucking. I don't take care of myself. I don't eat any vegetables. I uh, don't drink enough water. I fucking. I I by all accounts shouldn't be alive, but I am, and I look good. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, bud, but I think you look good too. Yeah, Alex is a pretty handsome man. He looks a little bit different with like the short hair and shit. Bro, I love those. Cool. I love those infants. They're always fun. Yeah, dude. I uh cool guys. Oh, that reminds me cuz you talked about your collapsed lung on the on the previous episode. I've actually been to the doctor's office a few times. Uh and they've been <laughs> astounded with like how small my lungs are. They're like, <laughs> "Man, there's you got no bitch air lungs, going. bro. <laughs> I got bitch lungs. They're like, man, there's like no air moving at all when you breathe. And I'm like, shit. But anyways, at least like I don't have to use my mouth for photography or anything. So 
I just I just use it to kiss the screen after I edit Dave pictures. Wait, what? Um, oh, oh, exposed. But anyways, um, yeah. So to sum up, I love Ollie's Pub. Rumble loves Ollie's Pub. Dave loves Ollie's Pub. And I would like to switch up our uh, our key question, which is actually funny because I'm interviewing like a big band from Australia, and I and one my que- and the final question on the list is like, what's your sales pitch to check out your album? And I'm like, oh, that's that's a cool little um, nod to the same scene. But anyway, uh, so what's what's your best sales pitch to go check out a show at Ollie's Pub? If you go to a show at Ollie's Pub. Not only will you feed yourself for less than $10 and get drunk for about $10 uh, and get to see live music for around four hours, uh, all in all, probably about a $30 night, and you get to meet some of the most incredible people you'll ever meet in your life, um, honestly. there's We have some, some true characters that come out to Ollie's Pub. Um, and the the music the the people who come out and perform uh really they really give a shit you know um Sean does a good job of only booking bands who want to be there i guess is the word you know you can tell it's it's never like uh people don't come in there and shit on the place or they don't come in there and play halfway and then leave or you know it's it's like when 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 a band comes through to ollie's they come they hang out um there's a good chance you'll get to meet them so if you enjoy the music that you hear at ollie's pub uh come out more often those same people who are playing on stage or at the shows next to you more often than not um and i don't know i we've said it a million times but there's just not a lot of places that are like that it's a very special place and uh it means the world to me um Jackson put a put a put a link to the thing in the somewhere. I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> can you link? Yeah, the I'll thing? figure out. I'll figure out a <laughs> way to do the. To like do maybe the maybe when you drop the Spotify uh, release yeah, announcement, yeah, you it, can drop the link. Yeah, I'll put it in, in the in the link tree that people use to listen to it. Uh, there we go. Um, but yeah, man, like if you can. Uh, it's it's the money goes to a really good cause um it gives a it gives a home and a safe space to so many people um so many of my friends uh you know it's it just it really is in my opinion the most important bar in southwest florida and um the world is better for it being here uh i don't know it's it's definitely made the world a brighter place for me um dealing with some very dark stuff when i moved down here so uh yeah and dealing with dark stuff currently and a couple of months ago and you know it's that that place is just always there um when i need somewhere to go and just be a person for a little while um and be myself because that's that's really what it is about that place is you can be yourself unashamedly and openly and um you'll be accepted and loved as long as you're not an asshole it's that easy i i've talked to a lot of artists in my many travels and every time i bring up ollie's pub without a doubt 
everybody's been like, dude, I fucking love that place. Like, I feel like it's just somewhere you have to see it to believe it because it's easy to be like, oh, it's just a dive bar. But like, man, there's like an energy to that place where it really feels like a community rather than like just a bar. I don't know. It's just it. It's just really the biggest endorsement I can give is that like, at least like check it out before you write it off as just some dive bar. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, anyways, unless you have anything else to ask, Rumble. I would no, like to thank you, Dave Javu, for joining us today. It's always a gift to have you here, and I look forward to seeing you around. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm actually playing this Friday. Um, oh, yeah. At all Do you want to talk about that show at all anymore? Just a reminder. Uh, I really know exactly what's going to happen, so come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show uh. on Friday the 16th. Oh, that's my birthday. Everybody... I'm not gonna be there, but come out for my birthday. That's that you that can be my gift to me. There we go. Come out and keep Ollie's pub alive for Jackson's birthday. Oh, wait, Dave, you're playing on my birthday? Oh no. I have to play happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to come out for that. <laughs> gonna be like, this is dedicated to the to at to the second best photographer in the scene, Jackson. <laughs> Oh man. But anyways, it's uh Yeah, it, it was a pleasure, y'all. Um I actually have goblin pussy practice. Um so, so I yeah. gotta get going, y'all. Yeah, I'm having yeah, hot yeah. dogs. Okay, bye bye everybody. <laughs> bye guys.